Layla, can you say mama? Say mama? She's bouncing. Say mama? <laughs> <laughs> she, she, this is a, hi. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew. Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. It is Bedlam. That's right, it is Bedlam week here in Norman. Welcome back to the unofficial 40 podcast presented by the Choctaw Casino and Resort in Durant, Oklahoma. We welcome in the whole crew, uh, Josh, Eddie, Bob, and Layla, apparently. As you heard, uh, if you're wondering, what the hell was that at the beginning of the podcast? That was that. <laughs> oh, no. That Josh, that, is, yeah. Josh is Mr. Mom in it today. We, we open it in, and then we intro in, and all of a sudden, somebody's pissed her off already. <laughs> it's the dog. Ah. It's the dog. Yeah. The they dog get along? eating things off of her. Oh, yeah. She she loves the dog. She crawls on them, so she's they're all good. See, Josh was like, "I'm so sorry. I'll try and mute myself whenever I can." I was like, "Nope, we want full baby. We want mm-hmm. full baby on this podcast. It's not very yeah, bedlamy, so, but yeah, no. I mean, we're I think we're going to reach the young people here for sure. They're they're going to love this. But this uh, was it, Bill, Bill Jawin. I mean, he may love this. This humanizes us a little bit. So oh, you know, we have it. we have families. She and doesn't souls know too. anything about recruiting. Layla, she she's not big on. She doesn't like the three four scheme. She likes that Oklahoma's moved the four down front. So she's been really adamant about that. There, there it is. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's start off with recruiting on this podcast because we don't always do that. Oh boy! Uh, but it's a big recruiting weekend coming up. Uh, just before the start of the podcast, we got some interesting confirmation uh, from a guy that Josh has been is in your neck of the woods, but has been. Very back and forth, very hot and cold uh, over the years. We even saw him in Atlanta, and we were just kind of like, eh, why bother? But now he says he's taking an official to Oklahoma. This is a guy that Oklahoma, and really led by Calvin Thibodeau, has worked really hard on. This was an early identify guy. This was a guy, um, I think it's pretty widely known that he is... I mean, Bob, what, probably the only the second guy I can think of that got eyeball emojis that didn't actually, uh, I guess, come through and finish the job? Way back when in the winter, God, yes. That seems like mm-hmm. so yes. long ago. a long but time it ago. That long ago. Um, and from what I'm told, that surprised everybody when he did it. That wasn't something, you know, a lot of these kids, like, you can feel it building to something. His was kind of out of nowhere. And, I, you know, so th- that's been interesting to watch. We'll, we'll see... What happens? What's more interesting? And I literally um, here at some point I'm going to have to type, so we'll mute myself here so I can type because I know that pisses everybody off. But I have been I since that tweet came out and I put something out about it. I've had three different people hit me up, and there is a very real possibility that A and M is going a different direction for Marcus Stripling. Hmm. So there is a very real chance that Oklahoma is now becoming his most regional choice. Now, Alabama is still involved. I don't know what Alabama is going to do with him. but And I, I don't even know that this A&M thing is 100%. 
but I'm getting it from multiple places that maybe A&M and he are not on the same page right my, now. My first reaction to that, Josh, would be why? What's wrong with the kid? Yeah, like what What are they – is it grades or anything like that, or do you think they're just going in a different direction? I think – Just a recruiting people, decision. Well, part of it is I've always been a little interested, and if Oklahoma is going to move back to a four-man front, Marcus Stripling makes plenty of sense in that situation. In a three-down front – Marcus is about six two and a half and about two fifty five. Like I don't know how well he fits a three down setup. Like he's not that big, he's not that long, he's not going to grow in. I mean, like Marcus Stripling at two hundred ninety pounds is not going to be the player you recruited him to be. He's going to be something else. He's going to be, you know, almost like Matt Romar playing a nose tackle. Like yeah, he can do it, but that's not really, you know, that that's not where he's going to be most natural. So that's kind of interesting to watch. And I wonder if A&M, that's part of it. And I know some people I've talked to, um, some guys that you all know well, you know, have kind of mentioned maybe a senior tape hasn't been where it needed to be. I literally haven't watched his senior stuff because, like we said, everybody has just assumed A&M forever that I've kind of only paid him peripheral attention. I'm, I'm going to go back and watch it. We'll kind of see what comes out of it. But to my knowledge, Oklahoma, he is 100% a take for Oklahoma. Josh, is it a either or with Stripling and Owegbu, or is it an and situation? Uh, well, first off, and Bob, you know, I know you know how this is, so I'll, I'll fix it for him. Agwebu is how oh, we, thank we you. say David's last name. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, I had to ask him. The only reason I know is because I've asked. But um, I mean, how can OU even? I mean, I know numbers are numbers, but how is OU even picky about rush ins right now? I mean, to, uh, there's nothing other than Jalen Redmond. Is there anything on this roster where you're just like, oh, that guy's an up and comer? Yeah. Well, I mean, Ronnie, but he's a different kind of guy. So I know what you mean. Um, no, to my knowledge, there is no connection. Those two guys are takes, and Oklahoma has plans for them. I, Layla apparently doesn't love that they're both takes. She's got her eye on somebody else. But, um, but no, they, like I said, from what I understand, they see a Guaybu as kind of a, almost like an oboe kind of guy where they can use him in some different stuff. They can put his hand down if they want to. They can rush him. He does a little bit of everything for Seven Lakes, so I don't think that's going to be a weird fit for him. He can handle that. Uh, and Stripling is, is a pure defensive end. And I, like I said, if Oklahoma is going to go to a four-down front, he makes more sense for them than the moment they offered him. And he's, I mean, he is physical. I mean, you talk about, you know, not, or, or he's a big guy. You talk about, you know, not having physicalness on this defensive line. He would bring some of that. I mean, he's more, am I wrong in saying that he's more like uh, the size of a Ronnie Perkins than he is, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example of an undersized defensive end. Uh, 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 the like kid, DJ Isaiah Ward? Thomas. The kid from Tulsa Memorial. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's a very comparable body type to Ronnie Perkins. I think Ronnie's maybe just a touch longer, but same kind of guy, same kind of burst. I mean, they're, like I said, in a four-man front, Marcus Stripling is a very good player, in my opinion. In a three-down, I don't know how much sense he makes. So this could all work out really nicely for Oklahoma. Which, again, is weird because you're talking about all these defensive guys not knowing what the future is uh, on the defense as, as far as all the coaches. It's an interesting sell for the coaching staff. has to be. And we're seeing some of those boxes being checked off. Defensive line, edge rusher. I think the one we're still sort of looking for is uh, safety. And I don't know if they got any real safety targets 
come uh, coming in. I know they got Jeremiah coming in, commit Oregon, but you see him at at safety, Josh. Hang on, sorry, was dealing with something here as you can hear in the background. Uh, run me back on what we're talking. The safety. I'm so sorry, yeah. everybody listening. This is so screwed up. Criddle or Criddle? Yeah. Uh, what I literally, and it started when the Jalen Huff commitment came down, and it's kind of something that we've seen. I mean, because obviously you've got Buki playing safety. Oklahoma is moving more and more to the idea of we're just going to have four corners out there and maybe our safeties are a little bigger or a little more physical. However you want to look at that, they're going to be a little different, but they're guys that can play corner. And I think that's what you get with Cradell. I mean, he's six foot one, 185. He can run. Um, he's a guy that plays in one of the best districts or, you know, what conference, whatever you want to call it, in high school football, playing St. John Bosco, Orange Lutheran. Uh, Jay Sarah Catholic. I mean, there's a, he plays in the same uh, conference that actually produced Grant Calcaterra. So, I mean, there's plenty of talent out there. He's played at a high level. He's a guy that I would think Oklahoma expects. If we can get him to come in, he's a guy that can play almost immediately for us because it's not going to be this scary jump in competition for him. And uh, Bob, it was interesting. You know, Lincoln Riley said this week, you know, that he liked the two thirty. He was fine with the two thirty. I, I get the feeling like as long as it's not eleven, they're not totally screwed. Uh, so they can really. I, I think they. Re- I get the impression they feel like they can really make an impression on guys this week. Yeah, it, it'll be an early Saturday morning for some of those kids that play on Friday night and then have to make the trip, but they can actually make it where they really can't when it's an eleven o'clock game, which is not real a realistic thing. So yeah, and, and bringing guys like Spencer Rattler, like Trajan Bridges. I mean, they're bringing a lot of commits. I love when a weekend is like this, where it's the perfect mix of big time commits who appeal to recruits to go with your top targets. Sometimes you lean too much on commits. That doesn't, that, that's not a big weekend. You bring a bunch of commits and then sometimes you bring only targets, but you have no one to really entice them to want to join the fold. That doesn't yeah. help either. I think this is the perfect blend coming up. Uh, you know, uh, come on. There has to be something, something we can some, bitch oh. about the weather. It's supposed to be cold. There has to be something that you have to complain about going into this weekend. From a recruiting standpoint, well, I mean, do we do we have a resident meteorologist? I mean, w- within the four of us, I mean, Tiffany Tiffany could be. She'd be happy to step in. She's a weather freak. Oh, it, it is supposed to be a little chilly. It's supposed to be forties and fifties, but it's going to be clear. It's going to be, gonna nice. be dry. That's that's, not, that's not awful for middle of November in Oklahoma. I mean, it, it could be worse. Um, True. I, just, I will say, I tried to go to weather.com. I went to wherher.com. I'm not sure if I'm picking up a virus right now. Uh, where is her? it weird that that where was a her? predicted text? I mean, you know, I'm just saying, uh, Carrie, just is that a porn it website? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, we're at weather.com. Wearherout.com. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one one thing I did want to throw because it was just something I'd never thought of before. When the two thirty thing came up, I actually talked to someone in Norman that was actually pretty pleased with it, and I'd never thought of it from this side. And they were basically saying it gives us a chance to get these guys back after the game and they can, you know, kind of hang around and kind of get them set up and we can show them some things on Saturday as to where like a seven o'clock kick, well, the kids come in, you know, whatever time they watch the game and then they're just out with the players. And then, you know, they see Lincoln Sunday morning 
And then it's kind of like you're done. Yeah, and the family can spend time up in Lincoln Riley's office, and you know they exactly. can just kind of so it's more like a kind of more like a junior day setting almost. Yeah, to the two thirty thing for some, you know, for certain aspects of the visit actually works to OU's advantage. And I just I had never thought of that. I assumed night game was always a preference, but I don't think that's the case. So I mean, I, I think two thirty or seven they can find the advantages to live with. And a, a lot of it matters when they're leaving. Sunday. Some get out in the morning and some get out later in the afternoon and that just kind of takes things away. You, Sunday sort of become that designated photo shoot day where they all get in the OU jerseys and things of that of uh, that nature. Bob, we didn't tell you this, but this is the weekend we jump you in. We are making you go to the airport and just sit <laughs> in terminals. Yeah, we, we got we've bought you plane tickets for every other uh, every terminal to get in yeah you just have to sit out there but you have to take a bag you can't you have to can't be like an isis member and show up with nothing josh will not respect you until (laughs) (laughs) josh will not respect you until you've done what he had to do with julio jones so that means i'm not going to college football playoff then huh no, I'm saying after no, this, this Sunday. No, I'm, I'm saying you're using all the money you would use on me. Oh, for we're that. Oh, we can we can afford everything. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, I mean the podcast is huge. Subscription rates are it's now three hundred dollars for a year. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, we're go, yeah we're going opposite of the athletic. We're charging double instead of it's, charging less. It's a great business model. Uh, anyway, no, but I mean yeah, it's going to make a hectic day for you guys on Sunday, uh, but. I, let me ask you this: Stacy Wilkins coming in? Maybe. Uh, maybe there's all the talk about, uh, well, all the talk. There was one recruiting fan reporter, yeah, you know, yeah. that tried to make it out like Arkansas was making. It. Anyway, was there anything to that? Is there any worry on OU's part? No. From when I talked with Stacy on Mon- on Monday night, he debunked that really quickly. He just said the biggest hiccup is the fact that he has a three and a half hour away playoff game Friday night which then he would have to take a bus ride back to Camden, then drive six hours to Norman. That would be the reason why he's not at Bedlam. Camden is way out there in Arkansas. It's it's past Uh, Little Rock? No, it's like south, like southwest, southwest Arkansas. It'd be like driving to... uh, Texoma? No, to like... It's not too far from Broken Bow, I don't think. Like southeast Oklahoma. Yeah. Way down there. It's in that... When I went up there for his commitment, it... It's as rural Arkansas as I've found. Just to give you, it's, yeah, just to give you an idea, it's weren't you like literally two minutes closer from your house in Houston than we were from Oklahoma City? That, I think that's what we came up with because you and I talked about you know who would go that kind of thing. I think it was just a little closer for me, and you know that's it worked insane. out better anyway. I do. Have, um, go ahead. No, one thing I did want to say because I know a lot of people um, were very interested in that uh, the potential for him to take that Arkansas trip. And Carrie, you kind of alluded to it. I can say that trip was on at one point. That he was going to take that official. He was going to go see Arkansas. Um, you know, talking to him this week, it sounded like it was a lot more about you know I just wanted to take all five, and it's it what he didn't see it as a big deal. I think you know we as guys who cover recruiting and guys you know fans like they live with it. They they think of it as a bigger deal. I think he was a kid that wanted to take some trips, and Arkansas is an in-state school. That's fine. He was going to go do that. I can tell you that trip is now off, and I can tell you for a very funny reason. Arkansas told him if he wanted to take that trip, he would have to decommit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Some, somebody asked me about it on the board, and I literally laughed them off. I was like, no way would Arkansas be that stupidly aggressive. And 
sure as shit. They, that, uh, that's literally from Stacy's mouth. They told him he would have to decommit, and he was like, I'm good. So, um, <laughs> what a, uh, I, I kind of give it up to Arkansas. I that's you quite power the recruiting power there. play. There you go. That's kind of like mean, that's kind of like Eddie going up to a supermodel and saying, "I don't think you're hot." Yeah, or <laughs> asking her on a date, and when she says no, say, "I didn't want to go either. Well, I didn't want to go with you anyways." It's like the really shitty movie that's come all the way around to almost being good. Like it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, like it's such a bad move that it's almost you're like, "Hey, you know, I got to respect the game." Yeah, you got to so, respect um, it. Uh, so may- maybe someday years from now, we'll talk about Arkansas. You know, that'll be their new Adrian Peterson. We'll win with you or without you move. What so. is that? Like, there's gotta be some kind of like, that's gotta screw with your head somehow. Like if you're a kid, like if you're that young and somebody says, yeah, you can come visit, but you got to decommit first. And you're, you're probably just like, well, no, but then you're probably, I mean, does it make you do like, you know. Like maybe double Hula hoops about in it your head and stuff like that. Yeah, oh. like not like he's going to decommit, but like a double take. Well, what if I did just to you know go take the trip? You know, I, I know what you're just saying. Just screwing with his head. Yeah, if they bastards. were worth a damn, it might have been worth it. No. Yeah, yeah if they say, were any good, I, maybe you could pull that <laughs> off, but they're not. I and I, you know I'm one of the, like he'll get it going to some degree. Like Chad Morris is a good coach. He'll they'll they'll get to seven and five, eight and four. But there's no reason to think that Arkansas is ever going to be like where Oklahoma is or even highly competitive in the SEC West other than once a decade. I mean, because even when Petrino had it going, they had that one year where they were supposed to be really good and he, you know, was on the back of, or he was on a motorcycle and it all got ruined. Well, you you mentioned. Allegedly on the back of a motorcycle. There's there's always been debate about that. Yes. (laughs) There really hasn't been any. Actually, there has. I know a lot of Arkansas people that believe that, that just he got the shit beat out of him. Her boyfriend came and found him. They got he got beat up and it got all covered up. There were oh. there were photos from the scene from the police. Like they uh, staged that. You think? Carrie, we're talking about a country that has staged the murder of a president. <laughs> the J- country JFK. JFK. Okay, that's all I have to say. All right. Ever heard about nine eleven? I should have known. We were going to go down this road. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, pictures tell us nothing. There's pictures of us landing on the moon. Doesn't mean it happened. <laughs> okay. Um, so you mentioned, Bob, I think Bob mentioned, you know, how big this can be just from a perspective of you have, you know, you have Trajan Bridges coming in. You have all these commits. E- EJ, uh, I haven't tried to say his name in a while. And Doma, and Doma Ogar. O- there Nailed you go. It. You got it. Uh, coming in, it, it, all these guys that seemingly are you know about as pro OU as you can. And you got Spencer Rattler coming in. Um, I I would assume this is just a big trip for Spencer Rattler after everything that he's been through recently. A nice little getaway, yeah. if you will. And Josh mentioning EJ coming in. Why should OU fans be excited about Evan Neal finally getting to campus? Well, to me, this is a lot like. Um, with Jeremiah Cradell, you've got Darian Green Warren at Modern Day recruiting him. And I know Darian was he, – he was one of the first people to confirm that visit when I'd heard rumor that that was happening. So uh, he's been very involved. Um, the same deal with EJ and Evan Neal. They, they go way back. They're good friends. EJ kind of is the one that gave me the heads up that that was coming. So they – I think the timing is really good. I mean, obviously, to have them both there, um, 
Evan is done with his season. IMG finished up last year, so his full focus is now on recruiting. It's his first trip he's going to take out of his season when he's really kind of of the mind. So, like I said, Oklahoma's a long shot in this thing. I don't want anybody to get the wrong impression or think that we're, we're telling you that OU's locked in or anything like that. It's going to be a tough sell, but because of EJ, and obviously Oklahoma, you know, and I kind of alluded to it in um, – uh, in the breakdown of Finley Felix, there is more and more chatter that Oklahoma could lose both of its offensive tackles this year. Yeah. So sure. if that's there, a five-star guy like Evan Neal is going to think I could come right in and, and you know fit in. And he's 350 pounds. If that dude doesn't fit Bill Bedenboe and his style of offensive lineman, I don't know who does. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that. I, I have heard quite a bit about Cody Ford. You know. Rightfully so. He's... He's, ha- ass he's all had year. a terrible injury. He's lost a year to a yeah, broken leg. Absolutely. I mean, at, seeing what's happened to Rodney Anderson. You have to. You couldn't blame him. No. Yep. Yep. I, I think that's that's the deal. And think of how much – I mean, when is he going to have – because you know how it is. Like everybody – he'll come back next year and everybody say, oh, it's going to be great for Cody Ford. He's going to make some money for himself, blah, blah. When is he going to have a higher rep than he does right now with everyone saying, oh, look how well he's done at right tackle. This is perfect. Because now he's up to stock. He's not just a guard in the NFL. If he had to be a tackle in the right system, he could do it. And, and so I, you know, and I can't believe I'm actually saying those words, but that's that's what he's showing on tape. So you get that versatility. Now I don't think he's a first rounder, but if you're Cody Ford and like you said, Kerry, all that he's gone through, if you've done all that and they give you a second or third round grade, that's going to be really hard to say no to. I agree, Layla. Yeah, Lay- Layla's on board. She wants more yogurt melts. She literally is like shaking the bag at me. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, you know, what's funny is uh, they moved Orlando Brown over to left tackle, and he's playing really well there. Like, is he? Do you, if you're the NFL, do you just have to say, okay, that's an anomaly, or are they going to start looking at more at tape with guys in college, even if they don't test real well? I think I know what they should do. But in a analytic numbers they're world, they're going to treat it as an anomaly. They're probably going to treat it as an anomaly. I think they should actually. They should treat it as. I mean, an how anomaly? often does that happen? Oh, that somebody is that terrible. Yeah, and ends up being a really good NFL player. But how often does it happen when you have three years of college film to back up? Yeah, what you didn't see during testing, like. You don't have someone that's a terrible prospect, then they test terrible, and then they end up being good. There's I a was reason. always – oh, go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's a reason why people thought Brown would succeed at the next level. I was always more worried about his bench numbers than I was his running. I don't care what he runs. Like, I, that that was so overblown yeah, to well, me. running is stupid. I mean, like, when Lane Johnson ran a 4.65 or whatever, I was like, holy shit, but – at the same time, I was like, wow, that's impressive. I don't know what that does for him as a, as a tackle. I mean, like literally other than just showing he's very athletic, what did it, what did it really mean? Yeah, he could play defensive end if he had to. You know, like what, what is that going to do for you? Um, but no, the bench press bothered me. And I know everybody's saying, you know, screaming, oh, he's got long arms, Josh. All those dudes have long arms. Like it did speak to... It, it, did he put in the work in the offseason like he should have? Like, and and I, I, th- I, thought, I thought that was a fair criticism. But at the same time, does that negate 
all that film where he's just murdering people. And I think everybody on the board knows I was a doubter in Orlando Brown. And that dude proved me and everybody else wrong. That guy had an incredible career. And, I mean, go watch the Ohio State game. One big-time dude after another, he just kicked him around the field. Well, it, it is. I mean. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Sorry. She started off across the room and she is now at my feet. And so she is very much um, right by the mic. That's so funny. I apologize. There's a mama. Uh, you can't breastfeed her. Um, I think you already probably figured that out after your second kid. Uh, anyway. Back to you know Oklahoma's offensive line and kind of replacing guys. I mean, uh, we have gotten to see the second unit a little bit. I can't tell you that I've put a whole lot of time and just you know check because usually I'm getting my stuff together and going down to the field. So I haven't been breaking. I don't know, Josh, if you've kind of broken that down at all, looking at games late on Monday morning, idiot. Uh, but I mean, I can't. There's nobody that like Beanbo doesn't really brag on any of the young guys in particular. Uh, you've you've kind of heard people talk about Marquise Hayes that are on the you know on the scout team and things, but at the same time he doesn't always he's not always one of the, one of the first guys out there for with the backups either. It seems like Tyrese Robinson's that guy on the inside that they really like because he seems to get the run almost before any of the other backups. It seems like he's the guy out there now. After that penalty against, what was it, Kansas State? I, yeah. It, it seems like that's calmed down a little bit. I thought he was going to be castrated on the sidelines. That that Yeah, that was a bad deal. Um, the two that stick out to me, you mentioned Hayes, and I, I've always just been a big Marquise Hayes fan. Um, and the other is Adrian Ely. Like, I, I watch him do stuff, and I get why, you know, and I was one of those guys, like, he should be starting. I get why he's not. I've seen it now. He's put tape on where I'm like, okay, I get it. He's, he's still really, really raw. Just inconsistent. But, but when you watch him move around, you're like, Orlando didn't move like that. And he's, I mean, for people that don't know, he's of that same massive human stature. Like, he yeah. is a, an enormous offensive tackle. He makes other guys look small. And, and he was, Adrian, it, it was confusing with him because he was so highly talked about during the spring. Yeah. And then fall camp came around. We were waiting for, like, oh, Agent Ely's really coming on. And, you know, nope. he might challenge <laughs> Cody Ford for that other tackle spot. Never happened. No, that it, it didn't. And like I said, I mean, you can see why now. But if, you know, somebody asked me in chat last night, like, Josh, what do you see the starting 11 looking like on offense next year? And there's a chance it's going to be a massive turnover. Because yeah. obviously you lose the two guards. That, that's coming. Um, the possibility of Evans and Ford, obviously probably going to have a new quarterback. Yeah, there's just not a lot of continuity. But when you talk about your two tackles could be left tackle, I, I would make money on Bray Walker right now. And right tackle, Adrian Ely, not only are you huge, but you are extremely athletic. I mean, those are two guys that can move their feet at a level that, you know, just they shouldn't. And the other thing, I don't know if you guys noticed that, that little feature I put up kind of comparing OSU and OU starting lineups and where they were as recruits. The thing that's jarring about that, look at Oklahoma's offensive line that starts right now. There's not a single Rivals 250 guy in that group. There's a couple four stars that were kind of fringy for Bobby Evans, um, uh, Cody Ford, both, both were, were fringy four-star guys. But there's not the guys like OU has coming through the ranks now. Hayes, Ely. Uh, Walker, Simpson, those guys are all 250 guys. 
Creed Humphrey, I mean, wasn't highly ranked, but was an Army All-American. I mean, like, that, it's if Oklahoma can make the same leap with these guys that they made with the group that's there right now, that line could be better in a couple of years. <laughs> she agrees. Yeah, back me up, sister. The only person that will. Yeah, no, I know. She's the, she's the only fan I've got. Tiffany and Laney are like, oh, hell no. Uh, okay, anything else you guys wanted to get out there about the recruiting weekend that is notable? This doesn't have as much to do with OU as much as, um, you know, I, I think that there's probably a lot of people that are wondering about uh, the Tulsa kids headed out to uh, Fayetteville this weekend, which is kind of weird, but at the same time, I get it. I, I kind of understand it as far as, uh, you know, all those teams are going to be playing Friday night. Why would you want to wake up Saturday morning and drive down to Norman for an ass-whooping when you could just drive to Fayetteville for another ass-whooping at night? Who are they playing? Arkansas. L- oh, oh no. LSU. LSU. Oh, they're playing. But I, I, I just get it as far as, like, I, I could see some of those teams having film in the morning and stuff. I just don't think it's that big of a deal as much as people think it is. I guess that's my point. Uh, you know, and that, thing- that crew is... Like uh, the slusher kid from BA, Miles uh-huh. Slusher, uh, BA, JV and Hester, Booker T. Oh yeah, JV and Hester, Savi- and Savion Morrison. Edison. Hey, Bob, do you know who is driving that ship? Like who, who's taking, like Dad or Mom or whoever's taking them? I would imagine it's Slusher, but no, I, I don't know. It feels like Slusher is sort of uh-huh. the guy, the the ring, the ringleader of a lot uh-huh. of the East Side 2020 stuff. And that's what people don't get sometimes. Like, Miles Slusher's not really getting a lot of attention from OU right now. So why would he go to OU? Well, if he's going to go to Arkansas and JV and Hesser can't go to OU anyway, well, he's going to go to Arkansas. With, he can catch a ride with Miles. Yeah. Exactly. And same deal for Savion Morrison. Like, if he can't get a ride to Norman, okay, I'll go check out Arkansas. They've been talking to me anyway. So, I mean, like, it's not always just, oh, they've picked that game over this game. There's logistics that just exist. So uh, th- that's something to kind of keep in mind. One thing I did want to say, because it really was a big deal. I don't think enough people are talking about it. Uh, Miles Brooks, a Rivals 100 corner from 2020 from Jacksonville, uh, Florida, is coming up to visit Oklahoma for this game. I've talked to him back since Oklahoma offered in the spring. He is really excited about this trip. You know, it's kinda, I can't wait to see it. I want to see Norman for myself. He's really – I mean – I think obviously any kid that would make that trip from from Florida on his own dime has to be pretty invested in what he's going to see. So that's a really good starting spot for Oklahoma. And you have to remember that not only is he a Rivals 100 player, his teammate is a five-star corner that Oklahoma has also offered, and he's very interested as well. So there is um, that's where you're starting, you know. And you had the Jalen Huff commitment the earlier, uh, I guess, last week. So. You've got some momentum starting to finally build, and I guess have we really even touched on the two commitments since I think our nope. last pod? Nope, we haven't. Okay, well, um, you know, I, I don't want to be the super long quote guy, Bob. So if you want to dive in, then I'll you know chime in whatever I have to add. I think what was funny with Finley Felix, junior college offensive tackle from uh, Coffeeville, is that you know he says probably middle September he told me he wants to commit. November 5th. I was like, okay, that's that's fine. And then he goes to the OU official visit for Baylor weekend, and then the eyes go out the very next day. That's September 30th, and kid wants to wait till November 5th for what whatever reason. I don't, I don't even know if he told me why he wants to wait till that date. 
But you start seeing Bill Biedenboe and Lincoln Riley looking at other guys, and you weren't quite sure whether or not this was still going to be valid. But then Finley went live Monday night, and there, there you go. Another key piece, another guy that looks like he fits exactly what Bill Biedenboe is going to want to do with that line moving forward. And it cro- crossed off another need in terms of that 2019 class. Still think they want one more offensive tackle. But at least now they got that junior that junior college one all locked up. Last uh, first uh, offensive lineman from the Ville since. Ooh, uh, uh, I can't uh, believe. Not, not sure. Who? I can't believe he's, it's not on the tip of your tongue. Coffee Phil. Oh, uh, was, is it Brandon Walker? It's Brandon Walker. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I had to say, uh, You don't remember cuz I took the forward, bullet and went right. down to Coffeeville to to I actually we actually had his announcement like on Rival it was back in the Rivals Radio days. So he announced it on on Rivals Radio, so I went down there and set that up and uh went to the old stomping grounds. And then Josh, you're the one that talked with Jalen Huff. So what did you find out talking to him with him? First off, I, if you know, we're always talking about like, oh, can we bring a recruit on the pod? If there is a dude to bring on the pod, it's Jalen Huff. Like that dude, if you can get him on board with Oklahoma, I mean, like obviously he's on board. But if he becomes the recruiter he says he wants to be, that's a that's a guy that can sell your program. Like he was a gr- like I thought I was going to get five or ten minutes with him, and we ended up talking for about twenty five. Like he's just a really good. Um, uh, God, I, don't don't make me say well spoken. He's just good to talk to. Um, I, I really I was impressed with the way he kind of looked at things. He really because he talked about you know, and we've talked about it a lot on the pod. Oklahoma has gotten very good at kind of turning that old conversation of well, you know, you go to the Big Twelve and everybody throws on you, and and they've done a good job of saying well, you get a lot of opportunities to make plays in the Big Twelve. Him and his dad kind of talked about it, and I, I mentioned it in the story where he was saying, it's not really just even about all the opportunities. I don't have to go tackle Najee Harris or, or you know, whoever the new Derrick Henry is for Alabama. Like, I'm going to pl- – I don't have to come up and play run against 240-pound monsters that I have no business tackling. He was like, it just makes more sense as a corner for my long-term health and safety that I'm going to tackle some guy from, you know, Texas Tech that's 185 pounds out in space. And, you know, I was like, I never thought of that. And it, I know that a lot of people, oh, that kind of sounds soft. No, no corner ever. Patrick Peterson doesn't want to tackle Derrick Henry or Najee Harris or one of those massive guys. So I think it was just a sensible choice for him. And he really likes Chip Viney. He's got a good relationship with Kerry Cooks. And I think he just kind of sees Oklahoma as a place where not only can he make an impact early, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity because of all the defensive backs that OU rotates and uses. Uh, okay, by the way, I want to remind everybody that uh, the Unofficial 40 is uh, brought to you by uh, Choctaw Casinos and Resort and Durant. Uh, we need to get out there eventually after the season. We'll, we'll do that. But I've been out there uh, just hanging out for the weekend, took my parents. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, it is fantastic uh, they got the uh, the hotel rooms are unbelievable. Great dining out there. They got the 1832 Steakhouse for like your fine dining. Uh, if you have a really long night uh, and you get up the next morning, you need some hangover food. Butterfield's Buffet has the best breakfast hangover buffet I've ever had. Uh, they got Gillies. Uh, they got the La Cantina for uh, Mexican. It's just fantastic. They got the district with the bowling alley and the sports bar and the movie theater, the multiplex. So, uh, 
they got the craps and the, and all that. We tell you about this all week, but I'm just telling you, if you want a great uh, weekend, uh, you want just a great night out, a great place to stay, go check out the Choctaw Casino and Resort over in Durant. Really quick drive if you guys, I know a lot of you listen in Dallas, uh, really quick drive for you guys and even from Oklahoma City, you know, just a couple hours away. So, uh, guys, Bedlam is coming up. Uh, Doesn't feel like it. It does. I mean, everybody keeps saying that. It's been weird. It's because I OSU think just got so, beat by Baylor. Well, and it, not, I just, not only that, I yeah. think it's just because I've been so used to it being on the back end of the schedule. Even though it's, I guess, for a lot of people, I mean, there's only like, three games left. Like for me, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean, for for me, Thanksgiving. I've never really thought of OU Nebraska. I know that the the older demo probably does, but Thanks like for I've, thinking of our older demo. I think like me. No problem. Uh, I'm trying to be more respectful trying to be a better person suck my dick diamond dave uh but i've just i've never thought of it i've always thought of bedlam as like the end of the season thanksgiving friends coming back in town that type of thing so i, I that's where i've come from as far as not really feeling like it's bedlam week it just even if they would have beaten baylor six and three wouldn't have felt right i mean the last three years the game has really mattered and yeah. I think that was like, wait a minute, you know, now it's back to being, oh, you, the, the Sooners should win by 20 or 30 points, and we're going to be pissed off if it doesn't turn out that way. You know, I've been talking all week and asking about this and uh, about what OSU could do, especially with their quarterback situation, because they haven't played Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders. And I got kind of word from OSU people that I've been talking to the last couple of days, like, I... One was Bill Haston this morning. Basically, added like, your source? like Spencer. Well, he we said it live on the radio, so it doesn't <laughs> uh, matter. He added your source there. Uh, he said that Spencer Sanders really hasn't been engaged at all. Like he's checked out. Like once he found out that he wasn't going to be the quarterback, like he hasn't been all that. Like when they when they call timeouts, so Eskimo Joe's <laughs> on Wednesdays. <laughs> when they call timeouts, I don't know. If it's to that level. Hanging out on the strip. Uh, not in the huddle. Going to Coney Island. Uh, yeah, not in the huddle when they're on the sidelines. Like, you know, just not being involved, what you would think. Like, even Austin Kendall goes over to the huddle. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't, Tanner Mordecai probably doesn't, but... Um, he does sometimes. And the only reason I say that is because I got some good video of him, like, chatting up okay. over the weekend. But, like, none of that goes on with Spencer Sanders, and, and you hear kind of in practice, you know, he doesn't get a lot of reps, so... Like if they did do something like that, it would it would really shock the hell out of everybody. Not because Mike Gundy's not willing to try things, but just I think the word around there is that he just checked out. Well, it just seems like I mean it's pretty obvious he's not going to play. Like I, he's not going to Gundy's not going to play anybody else outside of Taylor Cornelius. And it's not because he's been so good. That's why if you're Sanders or in his camp, you're so frustrated. It's not like a Kyler a Kyler Murray thing where he's just killing it week in week out and there's nothing you can do about it taylor cornelius has been so inconsistent you f- would have figured you would have wanted to try something yeah and they just won't do it he's had times where he's been awful this year well he is he's not been good on the road either which is true that, and that's why i if you take a a step back and look at this entire game this weekend i'll be honest i think OU's going to win Possibly by four touchdowns, just because Oklahoma State's been awful on the weekend. Yeah, I mean on, on the, the road. road, their only road win, and they didn't even really play well, was up in Lawrence. Look, people can say people can talk all they want about well, OU's defense isn't any good either. But I think they're going to have some success. But this OU's offense is so much better than OSU's offense. Like 
their defense is still worse than OU's. Yeah. It's still worse. Well, I, I think, like, you look at the uh, a quarterback that can't move around in the pocket, like, I I think OU could have a lot of success this weekend defensively just as far as getting after Cornelius. Curtis might have a field day. Yeah, which, which is honestly, it's surprising to say. And, you know, we could even go back to the Tech game in that, and we talked about it on the postgame podcast. I don't know how you felt about it, Josh, but I even going back and watching the game the last couple of days, oh, you really didn't just play awful in Lubbock defensively, I thought. They had a few bad plays, like the screen play uh, where they scored from like 40 yards sure. out. Going that, was, the, that was reminiscent they, of the first six games. They basically, that, that was really they bad. Basically, I mean, and I give it up to Cliff Kingsbury on that play. Like, if you watch that play, that's when they put their big receivers out on the edge, and Trey Norwood acted like he didn't want to get touched. Uh, he just backpedaled his way into the OU bench, basically. Uh, but they their big receivers just went out and, and dominated you know OU's DBs defensively and and Robert Barnes wasn't over there because he's the only guy that actually has any kind of physicality. Yeah, I, like I said, I I thought I mean it and I've tried to be really clear about it. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't you know they're, OU's not Alabama. No one's going to make that mistake. But at the same time, can they win playing that level of defense a lot of the time? Sure. I mean. They start out in a 14-point hole. You take that away. If you'd have told OU fans that they were going to go to Lubbock and give up 32, I, I don't think anybody's that pissed about that. Yeah. You think about like that, it. That's they, a decent performance. It really was 51-40, and then they score on a trash you know, touchdown late. Uh, but you, you, you use, what is it, 20? It's 26 points that their offense really scored in that game. My only question was... If they Hello. Were, if there weren't those two picks, would have Tech scored anyway? The way Probably. the way they were uh, playing in the first half with, with they Bowman, a, they stopped them on the first series. They did. So you could argue that they wouldn't have. They let's say one. Okay, so then you give up what thirty three points? Yeah, yeah. And you're you're erasing points off the board after the CD Lamb. A uh, thirty-yard penalty because I mean you have first and goal from the seven. I'm and then they taking score my chances touchdown. that yeah. OU is going to score there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but but also the Motley interception. Like I said, Motley yeah, the interception. Motley, they score yeah. on the very that next awful. play. That's a great point. You're right. You're right. You know, th- that's the thing. We like when you like, start uh, looking at it, we're, we're just apologists right <laughs> now for the <laughs> OU really defense. Are. But I mean, it's well, it, it's the facts. It was no, so it close to being a pretty strong performance. It yeah. just. You know, and part of it, like, and Bob, you know, you kind of talked about, well, would they have scored anyway? Well, it felt like Oklahoma had the momentum. They came up with a stop, which is, you know, everybody was like, if they get two of those a half, <laughs> OU's going to win this game. And they come up with a stop, and they still end up down 14 nothing. They gave Tech momentum so many times. Because of their they, stupidity. They, they should never have been able to win on the road. With the two picks, the C.D. Lamb thing, you don't usually come back from stuff like that but OU was just so good offensively in the second half I mean oh Josh I, I I said it on the podcast just as far as there are very few teams in the country I think that could have dug themselves a 14 to nothing hole in Lubbock at night and come back and won the game I agree now I, the the upper echelon teams I think obviously sure. could have because I don't think that Lubbock is a tough place to to play as much as it's or to win as much of it's it's a tough place to play but at the same time, like Texas digs themselves a fourteen nothing hole this weekend, they're not coming back and winning. I don't care no. if they're playing Alan Bowman or Jet Duffy. I'll say this: like OU as a team as a whole, 
I would say Des Bryant, but he's not in football. They're like the, he is today. Yeah, like, he is oh, today. Is, I didn't even see the Saints. that. Saints. Oh wow, uh, it's a bitch move, by the way. I would a say very like, KD esque move. Oh, you football right now? They're kind of like the Pac Man Jones of of teams. Like they do throwing stupid, singles at tr- strippers. They do stupid <laughs> things, and they're still good. Like it's like they can they can they can do stupid stuff and get away with it because they are so good on offense. But, you know, they're not going to beat a really good team doing that. As long as they don't shoot anybody at a strip club, I think we'll be good. Well, yeah, guys, I, I, without I all the crime. Never go that? full pack. Unless Pac-Man. Unless the, the crimeless Pac-Man Jones. That's fair. I was tending to the baby when we were having the Oklahoma State conversation. Does that team feel like a team that's just on the brink of a collapse? Yes. Like uh, that feels really close. Like the wheels are going to come off in a bad way. I don't know as much as one or the other. Yeah, I don't know as much because I think that I was on the uh, Kyle Porter and Carson Cunningham's podcast on Monday. I told them I I could very well see Oklahoma State getting beat by thirty this weekend and then beating West Virginia next weekend. Get like home. I just think that they're a schizophrenic team that they're can't play on the crazy road. Crazy chick. I, I yeah. think I think there's some truth in that, but I also think that's also to do with West Virginia is almost a schizophrenic. Like, you don't know what you're going to get ever. Sure. Uh, not year to year, not game to game. Like, from minute to minute with West Virginia, you have no idea. You're going to get some gonna... huge set of balls on their head coach, though. That's for sure. If not for that two-point conversion, that. though. I love that. If not for that two-point conversion, then we're. I think we're witnessing the annual – uh, the annual West Virginia nosedive at oh, the end yeah. of the season. For sure. I mean, they, they're undisciplined. It almost caught up with them. I mean, how many times they does a team... They start more fights than anyone else in the in the league. Yeah, absolutely. They're fake tough guys. They... Well, look how this is setting up. Because you remember years ago when... I think it was the first year West Virginia was in the league when Geno Smith went to Austin and they beat him like 49-42. It was like a... You know, Geno Smith threw for like 450 yards. It was the Tavon Austin year. I think it was 2012. Are you is thinking right? of Baylor? The Baylor game? No, no, no! It was a, it was in it was in Austin. It was a um, he had, like it was a shootout. It shouldn't have been because Texas wasn't any good. If I remember right, like Malcolm Brown was running crazy for Texas, and Geno Smith was just throwing the ball up and down the field. Um, and then later that year, if I'm not mistaken, was Bill Stewart still the head coach then? No, I think that's Gino. right. I think that's With right. Gino? Rest in peace. Uh, he, well, no, yeah. they had Holgerson was their offensive coordinator, wasn't he? Is that how yes. that worked? And that was and then the they same elevated year him to head coach. That Landry went to Morgantown, and we had that crazy ass game that we've talked about a bunch of times when Landry threw it everywhere, and Tavon Austin could not be tackled. Oh yeah, and that was well se- aware. That was seventy to sixty three against Baylor too. Yeah, that was a crazy oh, game. Lord. <laughs> big twelve. That's when the Big Twelve was really going Big Twelve. <laughs> yeah, Big Twelve has really kind of dumbed itself down this year. There, there's actually some bad offenses and a couple of defenses. Uh, Iowa State is pretty damn good defensively. Oh, we can. I mean, we can get into this whenever we, I guess after we get done with the game discussion. But if Iowa State was in the SEC, they'd be in the top fifteen of the college football playoff right now. Probably, yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's a, it's a, it's a f- joke that Kentucky and Mississippi State and Florida. Auburn, LSU, fell to Florida. Seven. Yeah, LSU didn't score. I mean, the the committee should have just come out, wiped their mouth from coming out of Nick Saban's office and said, we put Alabama at one, two, three, and four. It, 
the thing about somebody asked me this the other day about uh, Iowa State or just it was the Kansas job. Somebody radio station up in in Kansas City said, "Hey, tell me what you remember about Les Miles at Oklahoma State." And I started going down the list of you know kind of what he was, which was they did a good job evaluating kids. They didn't necessarily win a lot of recruiting battles. They hit a home run with Rashawn Woods. Uh, he had you know Tatum Bell at running back was really good, and they put together a, a solid defense. I said, you know what? I said if KU hires uh, hires I, why did I forget Les Miles? Les Miles. <laughs> if KU hires Les Miles, let her rip. You know what they have? They have Grandpa Matt Campbell. Because Matt Campbell's kind of like a young Les Miles. He wins like that. It's kind of ugly. Big tennis, yeah. I, I mean, they have explosive. I don't know. He's had pretty offense. functional quarterbacks. He keeps finding quarterbacks yeah. to go play. Les can't ever find one. But but Les Tony Lindsay, he inherited Tony Lindsay. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, he is. Not, Eddie, do you even know who that is? Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember. Okay. Also, Poe guy and and uh, I remember watching Also Poe guy play at uh, Lawton High. Also, Poe Guy, the man that uh, was the starter in front of our man Ryan Breeze, now the head coach at Lawton High. Was he really? Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't know that. Ryan was his backup until his senior year, I believe. I think he but might Les, have started two years. Ryan Les, was definitely the backup to also, though. Les never had anything at quarterback at OSU that was that was nationally relevant. No, I. I'm kind of in between. And it's not like it's not like I mean, can you name me Matt Campbell's quarterbacks at Iowa State other than Brock Purdy and Kyle Kempt? Uh, Who was the guy before them? Look. Did Jamarcus Russell predate Les at LSU? Yeah, I'm try- like it would have been real close, like maybe a year or two apart. I'm just trying to remember if they were completely apart or if they had one year together. Oh, I was just thinking of his OSU quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, he had. I mean, uh, well. Saban had Matt Flynn. Yeah. Might have been. Let's see. I'm looking him up. All right. We got Jamarcus was at LSU. Jamarcus might have been there when he arrived. Uh-huh. Uh, he signed in 2003. That would have. That would have been the year Saban left. Yeah. And Les took over directly from him. So, yeah, he had Jamarcus. But, I mean. If you ever drink scissor with. Jamarcus McFarland in Baton Rouge, reach out to me on Twitter. <laughs> I have some questions. Do you guys want to know uh, the lowest price for a ticket to Bedlam on SeatGeek right now? Mm, $25. $25. $15. I'm going to go I'm gonna go a little higher than everybody else. I'm going to say 31 My God. You guys don't realize this. We're not... People... You might not think that people are excited about this game. They ticket, are? <laughs> ticket prices are through the roof. Really? Cheapest seat right now on SeatGeek, $124. Wow. Whoa. Well, I would pay it. So go to SeatGeek. <laughs> Get some tickets. No, yeah. Uh, we do want you to go and download the SeatGeek app. Uh, Eddie has done it. Josh has done it. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you've gone through and looked at anything on there no of- i have you know and i told you that a couple weeks ago carrie i forgot that i like because you were like go download it and i was like okay i'll go do that i forgot i've had it on my phone for a long time um actually a couple years ago when eddie and joe r.i.p joe um and i wow, went we to atlanta um 
we went to a Braves game and I bought the tickets through SeatGeek and we just used the scan and went in that way. Yeah. Um, and that was awesome. I, that, that's, I don't know. Cause and we've, we've I, known, we've, we've had a relationship with SeatGeek for a long time through sure. Scoop. Uh, I mean, we've even had, you know, they sponsored our dinners and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, Rusty D'Souza really taken care of us over the years. So um, we've known about them, but I mean, if you haven't heard about them, you know, you hear about all these other companies, but SeatGeek, they they really have the technology uh, that other people didn't have. And, you know, you can see not only your ticket price, but if you want to get something on the 50, if you want to get something in the end zone, if you if you know in the upper deck, and it shows you, like, color codes it. Uh, you know, red's a not a great deal, and uh, bright green is a really good deal. So if you go on the app, you can look it up, uh, go download it. You put in the code SCOOP. And you'll get twenty dollars off your first uh, SeatGeek purchase. So, it's a great company. Uh, go support them, SeatGeek.com. Uh, and just not—it's not just sports. It's concerts. It's uh, all kinds of things. It's NBA. I mean, not, it's not just college football. So, Thunder fans, if you're looking for tickets, uh, make sure you use SeatGeek next time and use that code Scoop to get twenty bucks off. Let's sell some tickets, Layla. Sell seat. Say SeatGeek. Can you get it? Say something. She just she wants to eat it. She's trying to eat the microphone. All right, no, that's a no. Uh, no, no Disney on ice for you, Layla. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I said she was gonna make herself a you know her and her sister a pretty good little weekend, but she ruined it all. Way to go, Layla. Now, have you started talking about Disneyland, Disney World? No, uh, they are, well, obviously Layla is, but Lainey is unaware. Um, she found the little brochure we got when we set everything up the other day and we're like, oh yeah, we just got it in the mail. We kind of played it off. And, um, so she is unaware. We're kind of deciding when we're going to tell her cause we're not going until next spring. So we don't know if we want to tell her at Christmas and kind of make it almost like a kind of a Christmas present. Um, or if we want to, cause then that's like three months of, are we going today? No, oh, baby, we're not going today. Like, I have to answer that every single day. So we may push it off even longer. We're not sure yet. So we did the uh, the, the post-game podcast, the Eskridge Lexus post-game podcast uh, from our hotel room Saturday night, and uh, I let Kersey stay in our extra bed because he was going to have to drive back to Wichita Falls. Three hours. But... Uh, cool. And that was at 3.30, I think, is when we finished the podcast. Yes. And the time change was getting ready to go. Or it had gone. Uh, so, Kersey got up. He was going to get up early because he wanted to get back. Eddie and I wanted to get some stuff loaded up. And I wanted to get the pod uh, you know, put on the front page and all that stuff. So, we woke up at like... I think I went to bed at like 4.30. Woke up at like 9. Uh, but Bob wanted to get out of there. But I felt... You know, I felt kind of like Bob... Um, I don't know, abandoned this. <laughs> so I wasn't real happy with him. But then I got a text from you saying that Jason Kersey made you listen to country music the whole way back or something. No, oh, he had this Brad Paisley song. He wanted Eddie to critique. Wanted Eddie to critique? Yes. Oh, yeah. That country nation. Yeah. I mean, it, I have no comment on it. So I've heard sucked. it. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to guess it's bullshit. Kind of sucks, but. I don't hate Brad Paisley, I guess. So I'm does pretty Kersey indifferent like to music. Does Kersey like the song? Why does he want? No, 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 no. It's like every cliche possible. It's about college football oh, mascots no. playing. Oh and no, it's it's bad. I mean, I prefer that we don't talk about Brad Paisley on this podcast. 
<laughs> I think it brings down our street cred. Uh, well, nobody's. I don't know anybody that listens to him. So you're forced to listen to him on that commercial with Peyton Manning. That's him, right? I think that's right. Yes, that's him on the nationwide commercial. Sadly, I know that. Okay, uh, we've talked a little bit about Bedlam in general. I think it's time for us to talk a little bit about um, guys that we're looking forward to seeing this weekend and that could make the biggest impact for the Sooners. Get to the fridge. Grab yourself a Native Amber, an F5 IPA, or any of the great Coop Ale Works beers because it's time to make a toast to this week's player to watch. All right, uh, it is the Coupel Works player to watch. I know, uh, Josh, you, uh, we've had a lot of people. I can't tell you how much we we always appreciate you guys uh, tweeting out uh, your Coupel Works drinking uh, either before game, after game, uh, and tagging us and tagging Coupel Works. I know that uh, certainly helps them know that you guys are listening and hearing about their beers and trying them out. I know, Josh, you saw a pick. You said uh, you want to I need to just make a trip and uh, bring you some. But you, you said the Native Amber is, is the first one you want to go for? No, I think the Horny Toad Blonde is going to be my... Uh, that, that one seems right up my alley, which um, it seems like the lightest of the options, which is where I'm, where I'm coming in. I can get you the 12-pack, which is strange to me because like you're, you're a big bourbon guy or whatever. Yep. Oh, I drink rye. I drink any whiskey you can come up with. I'll drink. I'll but bring you, for I'll some bring reason, you, I just like a light beer. I'll bring you some DNR because that's kind of a nice finish to the night beer. I don't that, recommend a lot of those in one sitting. It's kind well, of like I mean, a dessert. I, I've heard beer. Eddie with a few of them, so I mean, I know it's got to be good. It's just because Eddie knows how high the alcohol content is in them. <laughs> I'll drink anything that gives me an edge. <laughs> I'll drink anything, smoke anything, take anything. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this segment brought to you by... I'm just kidding, Mom. Jeez. I'm glad that uh, you're worried, more worried about your mom than you are our sponsors. Speaking of family, I can tell you that Tiffany is now an avid listener. She discovered podcasts like a week ago, and ours is now part of her, uh, Rotation. her weekly review. Great. Well, so she's listening. What are we next to? Like... Uh... <laughs> Well, like nurse fantasy. Like there, there, there's this one. It's like it's about this anesthesiologist is like killed people and stuff, and he's like he's this awful person and all that. Like she, it, it really is. It's like she she's known I've been recording a pod with you guys for a couple of years now, but it, like it never occurred to her that hey maybe I would like a podcast. And she found one she liked, and then I showed her um, the one that kind of got me into it was Missing Richard Simmons. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I don't know if you guys ever listened to it. I don't even know that, and I know like everybody's like Richard Simmons. It's really good. Like it's a really good pod, and um, I listened to that, and then I kind of got into a whole bunch of other stuff. Well, she listened to Richard Simmons, and all of a sudden she's into it all, and that's all she listens to during drive time. So she literally texted me this morning. She's like, "I finished last week's. You guys need to record a new one." I was like, "Well, we're recording at <laughs> ten, so got you." Uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that we could bring her into our world. Uh, Reminding you guys, uh, Coop, uh, they're, they're, they're a local brewer here in Oklahoma City, nine-year-old. They have the 12-packs for the Horny Toad, so I will get you one of those, Josh, when I know I'm going to see you next. Uh, they got seven year-round beers and four seasonals, so make sure you stock up your tailgate with some of uh, our favorites, the Coop's F5 IPA or the Horny Toad Blonde. All right, player to watch this week, it is a game 
very similar to Tech in that Oklahoma State throws a lot to bigger wide receivers. I don't know that they're uh, nearly as physical across the board as Texas Tech was, uh, but Justice Hill is something that they didn't have to deal with uh, against Texas Tech. So are we going more, leaning more towards the defense in this game as far as our players to watch? Mm. Sure. I, I think Curtis Bolton's a really good call. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one that you mentioned earlier. I, I think that he could set up for having himself a, a really nice afternoon. It seems like Ronnie Perkins is playing a lot more confidently uh, or with a lot more confidence uh, than he has in recent weeks. When How about he's on the Jalen field. Redmond in this game? At home, yeah. rush A little edge. bit more comfortable, fourth game. Got his feet underneath him officially. Yeah. It was weird that he didn't play a whole lot in the first it half was last weird. week. I, I talked to someone about that. Um, is that on? Uh, is that by game plan? I w- it wasn't the or game plan. plan. I know people. Some people thought like, oh, it's game plan, or oh, it's this. I think w- w- what I gathered was is that Oklahoma was kind of waiting for a moment when the game was going to calm down a little bit. Like it was just so frenetic through the whole first half that they kind of were a little afraid to throw him out there because you know the, the people I've talked to, you know, it's same things we see. Like, oh, the talent is enormous but at times like he's still thinking he's still figuring things out and makes him react slowly and so you know just understandable things for a guy who hadn't played much sure um but what i got was at halftime they were like it's this is just going to be a crazy game so whatever we're just going to run him out there um so that that was it wasn't like there was no punishment there was no you know we were going to let him sit through the first half like they really my impression was the intention was to get him out there in the first half it just never really found a spot where they felt like that was going to be the best spot for him. That triggers me a little bit because this is something that I've been, I feel like I've been arguing for a long time. Why just let the guy learn the hard way, I feel like, as opposed to being so terrified that he's going to go out there and think too much or be out of position. Like, I I don't know. Maybe that's just something that is carried over from, or not necessarily carried over, but I don't know. Maybe. Would they have held him back if Mike Stoops was still the defense coordinator, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. No, because Mike loved him. I mean, yeah. Mike Mike yeah. was clamoring for him to get out but of the field. But he also loved guys that never saw the field. I can't think of great examples, but it just seems like... <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's just bullshit the way that they Who do it sometimes. Never, I... Like, why... If, if a guy's young, why don't... Why don't you just throw him out there? I'd rather have a young guy screwing up than an older upperclassman being in the right spot, not doing things, but not being able to make the play. That's what that makes sense. Last year about Kenneth Murray, he's the best example. He's a young guy that just had to screw up to get better. He had to go through some growing pains, and he's done. But he had to. They had to have. I mean, they had nobody else though. They were that that was like a last resort type thing. Yeah, they had to do that. But it's not a bad example to follow if they would stick to it. You're triggered about, like, Trey Brown, I think. Yeah, like, I'd rather see him out there than somebody else just giving up yardage day after day. But, I mean, look, if he keeps playing the way he has, we haven't brought his name up, but, I mean, Robert Barnes has been a huge part of this defense uh, and why they played better. Uh, He's a guy, like, you can't say, well, they screwed up by not playing him. He was hurt the whole time. I mean, yeah. And that's basically. Stay healthy. Yeah. uh, There's. It's a good point. I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. 
And I mean, let's face it, I don't know what kind of precautions they have to take with Redmond or what they're worried about or concerns. Yeah. I mean, obviously his mother came out in the Oklahoman, said she wished he wasn't even playing. Yeah. I'm well, sure there's some landmines a... to deal with there and dealing with his family and that was probably news to some of the coaches on the on the staff. I mean Yeah. Well, it's not necessarily uh and that was a article that I'm sure there's people wondering what you're referring to. Uh, was it Joe Musato from the Oklahoma so. and wrote an article, yeah. talked to his mother. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have the quote right in front of you. The, 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 I was just kind of paraphrasing her thoughts in the article, which was uh, she's been very worried for her son because of the blood clots in his lung. Yeah. Uh, it's a very physical sport, uh, and she's not really a fan of him playing not, because she's worried. He's not coming off the turf toe. Yeah. Like, he's not working his way back because he, he rolled his ankle. Yeah. I mean... He's a, a serious medical issue. And he's been, I'm sure, on all kinds of medication that's been scary for yeah. them. But she did appreciate the story I wrote Saturday, where I kind of didn't talk about that part. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just one of those things It's you have to work, wade your way through it. I mean, I'm sure it's a delicate situation, but they did play him. So, I mean, he's got one game left. Uh, to play, you know, to keep that red shirt on. And I think he's had like seven snaps in two games or something. Yeah, and I like don't... like 30 in another one. T- the TCU and Tech, there's not, not, not a lot of snaps. But Kansas State was a lot. I expect Saturday to be quite a, a bit, too. Yeah, I do, too. He's not red shirting. Okay, so I gotta, we actually need to name these uh, players, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're doing what we want. It's our podcast. Our segment. Yeah, it's player to watch when you put the S in a, in parentheses. So, I I mean, if I had to go with one guy, I'd probably say Robert Barnes. Just because, you know, I was talking to Curtis Bolton yesterday, and he was just talking about how much uh, of a relief it is that when he goes to tackle a guy now, that somebody's next to him, and he know, and he doesn't feel the pressure. Like if he doesn't make that tackle, that player's going to score a touchdown. Like they actually have a third level of physical player behind the linebackers now, which they haven't ever had this year. So when you've got Justice Hill, uh, and he's you know breaking through the linebackers, if you've got Robert Barnes there, that's really gonna, and their offensive line is terrible. So. I don't know how big of a day Justice Hill can really have. Maybe Neville Gallimore should be our player to watch. I'm actually going offense. CeeDee Lamb coming off that game yeah, Saturday. That's not, a, that's not a bad one. Is looking to definitely right some wrongs. For Marquee, sure. It's been a while since Marquise Brown has made a really big impact. I think he's been hurt. Yeah. Well, no, he has been hurt, but I'm just saying. He's going to be a guy that wants to make a big impact. And Kyler Murray clearly wants to throw the deep ball. Too much. Yeah. So if he's got a healthy Marquise Brown. Fell in love with it on Thursday. Yeah, he did. I mean, Saturday. It hurt them. That was that Third was quarter. a big part of why, you know, other than the penalties, the biggest reason they got away from running the ball and trying too many deep balls, and it, it just let Texas Tech hang around. Josh, go ahead with your uh, nomination. I've been trying to think, and I, I kind of with you guys. I think I'm going to go with defense because I'm – I'm of the mind that this game could get out of hand pretty early. I, I Something about Oklahoma State just doesn't sit right. And with your story about Spencer Sanders, and 
that that just feels like who are your leaders that are allowing these things to happen? Like that just feels like something's off there. That, um, this is sig- signaling alarm bells right now because everybody I feel like is on this side of it could get out of hand, which means and it it, it, it kind of goes back to Alabama LSU last week and as far as everybody thought that there was no way that Alabama was going to lose, they whooped their ass, everybody was right, but is everybody going to be right this week? I don't know. I, I mean, the line's up to 19 and a half right now. It keeps now. climbing. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. That. Should have been smart. Jumped on it early. I mean, it's like, you remember that line came out for Ohio State last week. You're like, what the hell? 18? They should murder them. And Ohio State struggled mightily. So, like, yeah. there's no reservations in Vegas about this one. No, I I mean, and sorry. I cut you off, Josh, but no, go ahead. No, you're fine. I, I, I feel like we're all on the same page as far as it could get out of hand. I, we kind of touched on him, so I don't want to go on at length, but I, I'm kind of feeling like this could be Jalen Redmond's game. Like, OSU wants to throw vertically more than some of the teams in the Big 12, so there's going to be some stuff there where maybe it's a five-step drop. Maybe there's some time for him to actually get home. And Oklahoma State's not great up front. So I, I think you, you could see him maybe maybe his first career sack, maybe a couple sacks. Like, you, you could really see him do something this weekend and start to – be the impact guy that, you know, I think we all know if Oklahoma is going to go as far as they want to go, they kind of need him to be. And I'll, I'll say this, Eddie, if they were playing in Stillwater, I'd be, I'd be signing the, you know, I'd, I'm, I'd, I'd be on the other side. Of I'd it. be on the upset alert. Yeah, I would too. Not upset alert, but I think it'd be closer. Like I, well, I mean, I, they played Iowa state well there. They beat Texas. I think, they I think that Boise there's still state a chance there. that they could beat West Virginia there next weekend. Yeah. But this weekend, I think, there's a better chance that it's a five touchdown game than it is a two touchdown game. And folks, and, we all know that if Kerry was wrong, he just claimed that he motivated, he motivated the team to the go team. to Stillwater and win. Exactly. You know me too well. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, but I deserve a lot of credit for that Kansas State win. <laughs> oh. That shellacking just hey, didn't come out of way, nowhere. Did anybody get to watch a little of that TCU Kansas State game? It last was week? on last night, and I watched a little oh. bit of it. It was it was not worth my time. I think I would literally I'm trying to think of something I'd rather watch than Kansas State and TCU play college football. You know what's weird is I love Kansas State's tight end. What's his name? I don't even. It's like Bose or. Let me guess, he's real white. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I wonder what. what but gave he's me that athletic. Clue. He's very for a tight end. He runs really well. He's he's like a. Is he no Carson Meyer? Hey, wait Carson a minute. Meyer doesn't look nearly as striking running down the field. Next, George hey, Kittle. Eddie, his name he's is Blaze Gammon. Blaze is it? Yeah, Blaze Gammon. What a name! I, mean, I bet his parents he, smoked a lot. He might not be white. He he, he might. You know, I don't we know if we're talking about the same guy. I, you're making me go look at their roster. I think there are a couple. Oh yeah, tight well, ends. I'm sure that that offense stuck <laughs> in 1980 you. has more than one tight end. It's Kansas State. I mean, they've got a four deep at tight end. I'll tell you who it is. You guys converse among yourselves. And a one deep of actual quarterbacks who can throw the ball. Well, Eddie, uh, I'm going to leave it up to you. Any horns up for peace thoughts, or we want to leave leave that alone? Those f- pussies. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I just don't, Josh, and you hit on it yesterday a little bit. I do think it's funny that they have a little bit of, um, I don't know, they, they lose a couple games, and all of a sudden 
it's everybody else's fault. Like it, it's just so perfect for that prick of a head coach to have his team be bitching about everything else that matters than them not playing well it on the starts, field. It starts at the top. I no, mean, that, he's the absolutely. biggest bitch of them all. Absolutely. I can't even believe he tried to really try to make that like that should have been a call. Are you kidding me? He extends the football. Do you know how many times? I mean, I'm shocked someone from West Virginia hasn't gone back and made a YouTube video of every time a Tom Herman player has reached across the goal line to score a touchdown. It's not unusual. It's not a weird thing. It happens all the time. Like, how the hell? If the Big 12 made that call, there would absolutely be a lawsuit being filed from West Virginia <laughs> University, and they would be freaking right to do it. Like, that, that's insanity. I can't even – and, you know, I had almost started to believe, like, okay, maybe, maybe I was wrong about her. Maybe he can get this thing going. Maybe he can actually be the guy. But when he – like, more than almost anything else he's done, I was like, no. You're, you're taking your players and you're giving them that excuse or that thing to whine about? Like – that's abs- that's absurd. Like you've never heard of an elite coach having that conversation. Urban Meyer has never done that for all of his whatever Urban Meyer is. You've never heard that. Nick Saban, hell no. Like it. He is absolutely. He's oh. absolutely lying about being a member of Mensa. There is no way he that just, that guy is a member of Mensa. I, I'm glad that the the country is now understanding why we around this area of the world think he's the biggest loser in sports like he's just he's a big I mean, like he's a baby he back did, bitch is what he is what the stuff he did at the bowl game last year looks even worse now oh mocking drew lock yes, yes. yes. Yeah, absolutely yeah. Well, and he's made his own team his best player on his offense look like an asshole because little jordan humphrey comes out who's a kid i knew a little bit and really liked in high school and he was like we would never do that to another team, mock them or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, there's literally video of your head friggin' coach doing it last year. Like, not not one of the players, not, you know, some guy that's not associated with the program anymore. The leader of your program making fun of a 20-year-old kid on the sideline last year. He's like the villain coach in Little Giants. Um, yeah, like, it's so over the top. Uh, like, you're like, this Ed, should be a what movie. Is, whatever his name's? Ed, uh, Gennaro. Uh, Harris? No, no, Gennaro was in... Uh, Ed O'Neill. Ed, Ed O'Neill, yeah. Ed O'Neill. Who's What's his spike? What's the name Spike? of his character in the movie, though? Uh, Kevin, Kevin O'Shea. Kevin yeah, Kevin O'Shea. O'Shea. Is, uh, is, is Spike Breckenhager? <laughs> so... I'm just glad we could talk about a movie that we all know about. Hey, did you know? Did you guys know? I'm pretty sure that uh, Icebox isn't that the girl's name? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure she has a uh, pretty heavy, heavy sex scene in a movie, and not bad. I've seen it. It's not porn though. I don't she think so. It's, in a, well. it's like that, in a movie always, actually. That was always an underrated part of Little Giant. She cleaned up pretty nice when when she went. You know, she let go of Icebox. She she was all right. I got no problems with her. You know, I mean, a fourteen year old Josh. He was he was game. That box is not so icy now. Apparently, uh, no, I wouldn't. I would say so. Ice box naked. <laughs> <laughs> There's your Google tip. Becky for forgot her name. It was Becky. We're doing this in front of Josh's daughter. We're all going to hell. <laughs> she can't hear any of it. It's okay. She yeah. don't even understand. Yeah, she oh she listens to the podcast while we drive around. Sometimes she's heard worse. By the way, Dalton's shown he's actually a wide receiver. Is the guy I'm thinking oh, of. Oh, Dalton, okay. State. So, but Eddie was right. He's a white guy. 
They're Very all white guys. Literally, like I don't they, think there's okay. ever been a black guy named Dalton. They okay. Kansas State has. I'm going to tell you, they have. I mean, no Dalton would, but okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen wide receivers on. The I roster. thought you were about to tell me they have sixteen tight ends. Sixteen wide receivers. They have like seven black guys. Uh, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Almost counted him. Nine, no, eight of the 16 are white of their wide receivers. They're all going to be the next Jordy Nelson. Like, that's what they got to be recruited on. Yeah, that's like, you're going to be Jordy. got to know that that's what their, their recruiting <laughs> spiel is. Jordy Nelson, who I once in a breakdown because I clearly had not paid enough attention, questioned his speed. That was a nice breakdown for Josh. Really, well, I have the worst Jordy State Nelson fans. take of all time. On radio, got in a huge fight with Jim Traber. About whether Adarius Bowman or Malcolm Kelly were the all big were deserving of being all Big Twelve uh, receiver when Jordy Nelson was at Kansas State. Mm. Adarius Bowman has done a very nice job with a career in the CFL. Yeah, he's been a really nice career. Malcolm Kelly didn't do much of anything. Jordy Nelson's still playing. Justin Blackman's drank himself to death. <laughs> oh my god! <gasps> That's uh, official. But it's not also not true. Or not not true. He's not dead. Do you know that? That we know of. Well, we haven't heard I from mean, him in a while. I, I've got no status of him from this morning, so I can't be sure. I've had buddies that live around the Ardmore area that say they'll see him every once in a while at uh, Riverwind. Really? Not good. Actually, I now feel bad that I made fun of him, but I don't really feel bad. So. There's uh, that he. OSU doesn't have the market cornered on that kind of stuff. On what? Uh, former Alcoholics? players that are probably substance abusing themselves to death. Oh. Well, I mean, that's probably everywhere. Anyway, that's a downer for the pod. Well, super. Yeah, we're, we're going out strong here. Uh, I wish I... I'd, oh, you know what? We've had a lot of reviews lately. I don't know if you know this. A lot of responses to uh, Diamond Dave Sooner. Who I believe was the responsible for Eddie's first f bomb this podcast. I'm pulling up the reviews right now. See what you made me do, Josh. You going anywhere this weekend? Uh, Yeah, my plan is tomorrow. I'm probably going to go up to Dallas and see Seth McGowan. Um, Interestingly enough, I was talking to somebody earlier this week that made a a comparison that I'd never thought of with McGowan, but it's really pretty good and kind of timely. Uh, with news as of late, compared him to, very directly to Rodney Anderson. And I was like, I've never thought of that. But there's a lot there that I would find. Uh, McGowan's a really good receiver, really physical guy, kind of like um, Rodney is just a physical freak. Like, he, he's just carved out of wood. Um, and then on Friday night, it's a little up in the air because we still have the ongoing R.J. Henderson saga. And if he plays Friday night, he'll be playing against OU commit Jamal Morris, mm. uh, which obviously would be really interesting to see. But with the news that you know I kind of put out earlier today, Marcus Stripling also plays on Friday, which would be very interesting to see. So we'll see. But I mean, either way, it should be a good weekend for you know OU fans to have some video and news, and you know we'll kind of cover some stuff. Um, I guess well, you just, last week. Well, oh, you, go ahead. Well, you, you, well, you you've just, got a big one that a lot of people are interested in, Bob. But yes. hold on a second, Josh. Will you just explain for people that don't know that might just be podcast listeners and uh, should be subscribing to SoonerScoop.com, but are not? 
kind of what the R.J. Henderson saga is? Sure, that's fair. Uh, once, you know, Kerry, I've worked on this, but I still, every once in a while, I slip into assuming everybody knows everything. Um, R.J. Henderson, OU's Rivals 100 commit from um, kind of southwest Houston, uh, was a guy that was playing earlier this season then randomly just kind of stopped playing at all uh, for Fort Ben Travis. Um and has not the last two weeks he had told me I'm going to play this week and even last week I was planning to be there at his Thursday game and then found out late Wednesday night he was actually not going to play. Uh, there is nothing concrete about what's happened, but it's pretty clear that it's something to do with academics. I don't know. The spin I've heard is that it's more of him being proactive and knowing he's kind of close and saying, okay, I, I need to focus on my grades for a little bit, which is fine. That's understandable. I've also talked to some people that think it's a little bit more, um, uh, I guess you would say, responsive because maybe he, his grades weren't where they needed to be and he was going to have to take a little time out to get things right. So I don't know the right answer to that, RJ. I've, I've tried to kind of talk with him a little bit about it, and there's just no uh, – it's not something he wants to talk about, and that, that's perfectly fine. Um, but – he every week he kind of continues to tell me, okay, I'll play this week. I'll play this week. And at this point we'll see. I mean, I, I think he's probably shut down for the season and that's, that's what I was told by some people when the news broke and he's kind of refuted that. So it's hard to know where the truth is, but I I think he's probably played his last high school game and we're all going to have to see if his grades are going to come through. And if he doesn't sign in December, I, I think there's, then you start really getting concerned about maybe something serious and him, maybe him not being part of this class. Wow. Uh, okay, and Bob, you were going to talk about uh, your your adventures and travel coming up. Yeah, it's funny that Josh will see Seth McGowan, a 2020 running back. That's where me and Eddie are going to uh, be Friday. We'll see another 2020 running back, and that still doesn't make sense when OU has two committed for 2020 that are both firmly entrenched in the Rivals 250 – Jalen Knighton and Jace McClellan, probably two of the better running backs in the entire class, but that's just how deep that group is. We're going to go to Tulsa Edison to see Savion Morrison, a name that when this season first started, I didn't have a clue who the heck this kid was, but in the last five games, he has averaged 350 yards rushing per game. Not total, but per game. And in the last two weeks, Nebraska, Missouri, Nevada are his first three offers. He was in Norman last month for the Kansas State game. So very excited to see what he brings to the table. It's been one heck of a story in terms of the high school year. But now in terms of recruiting and where does he stack up, this will be our first chance to really kind of get an idea of what this kid is all about. And uh, actually, I'm going to head down to Dallas for uh, some of the Under Armour stuff going on next week. So by the time we pod, uh, I'll actually, well, we got to figure out pod. We got to figure week. out pod yeah. schedule, yes. Because Tuesday will be, um, is it Trajan's on Tuesday? And then Wednesday is Austin Stogner? Yes, that's right. And, uh, oh, do I have that right? Let me think. You got EJ it, in there. It's Trajan, EJ, and Stogner all in the first. And I know Trajan's first, and I can't remember. But we've got Kerry covering the first two, and then either Bob or I are going to cover the, the Wednesday one, which will make Pod interesting. And then I just but, got I got word as I was driving here, David, uh, 
Davion Harmon will be at 8 a.m. Wednesday for his signing ceremony at Denton Geyer. Next Wednesday is the early signing period for basketball. And, of course, Lon Kruger has developed quite a class for 2019. So that'll be a, an, an interesting day, too. Could you guys Do, stomach? Are we going to act like we care about that? Uh, yeah. Are, could you guys stomach basketball last night at all? Uh, yeah, I could because it was some really Duke good basketball. Really good. They are unbelievable. Yeah, but the, I know you don't care about this, Eddie. But for me, I was just kind of like, I mean, it's for the biggest, you know, the biggest problems in in sports playing each other. Well, I have a perfect. <laughs> I have a. I I unfolded this perfect scenario of what should happen in these early preseason basketball games. Okay, the winning school should get a hundred thousand dollars to add to the recruiting fund, and you can spend it however you want. On whoever you want. On who? Yeah, absolutely. So like Kansas, hundred k. They Just can spend it on whatever. Five, about 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 cash. About yeah, cash and recruiting. It's like a cash cash game. How cool would that be? Eddie just wants transparency. That's what's happening anyway. Duke and Kentucky play the late night game. I mean, how much money was on that floor last night? Is what I want to know. Millions, millions of oh, dollars. Oh no, I'm sure Zion Williamson came really cheap. Yeah, for sure. And and the fact that he Mike wanted Krzyzewski, to get a good education, Josh. And it, why is it that that's for eight did. months that in North Carolina it's like the coaches are just they're allowed to just act like oh well, this this isn't a thing. They're like, already under the microscope. Well, what I'm saying is they're the the Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky are the two that right. basically are willing to bury their head in the sand. Yep. and act like none of this is going on. Right, and that they've never heard of such a thing. It's because they have a. Reputation to uphold. No, you've. I mean, to say you've never heard of something like that happening well, is an outright lie. Yeah, it's asinine. Even we hear stuff, and we're not the ones actively recruiting guys. Nor do we spend as much time covering basketball recruiting as we do football recruiting. But I'm saying, even in football, you, you to hear cover stuff. basketball recruiting, oh, you sure. have to shower four times a day. Oh. I'm. I'm actually surprised, Eddie, that you your job. Your profession wasn't with a shoe company taking kids and coaches to strip clubs. I mean, and and being being the bag man for Adidas. I sent my uh, resume my sophomore <laughs> year of college to John Junker with the Fiesta Bowl, and it never uh, came to fruition. Did you really? No, but that would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> Zion Williamson, though, and uh, RJ RJ Barrett. Yes. Duke is going to kill people this and year. And Barrett's going to be better as a college player this year than Williamson. Yeah, long term, I take Williamson. Yeah. Like I, if the Thunder were terrible, I would be advocating for you, them to you tank. Must tank to get Williamson. Get Zion. Russ PG Zion twenty nineteen. I think they could win the NBA title. Um, why? Why? Let's not, Eddie. Let's not bypass that idea. I mean, Just the Thunder are not going to win it? anything this year. If Let's if, consider it. If, what they're they're going for their sixth straight, Josh. I, yeah. I'm not. But what are they going to win? They're going to be the fifth seed in the West and get run yeah, out by somebody. Anybody going? They're not going to be the fifth seed in the West. Utah is not well. What Houston have they done down. to you down there? What have they <laughs> you, done to you, guys? I'm. I love the Thunder. I watch it. it. I wear my like stuff it. out. They're hey, going to be. They're top. Three. I'm a realist. Let's revisit Alabama, Oklahoma, and Auburn several years ago. Okay, it's about the long term. Oh, he's not winning anything that matters, or Thunder's not winning anything that matters this year. Is this a Sugar Bowl God. debate again? That's, yes, that's exactly we've what come, he's talking about. We've come all we've planning full for this. the future. <laughs> so much different in college football than the NBA, by the way. But I do agree with you. Maybe, maybe tank. I, they can't tank if 
if Paul like, George, I and, mean, if if Russell ends up blowing out a knee, then you tank. Yeah, maybe so. But I don't think they're cap- even without Russell. This is a good roster, man. They're Tell starting Russell to, they to are work starting on to play his better. threes during the game this year. And it's not really a tank. He's just trying to improve his game. Just start letting um, Stephen Adams take threes. Yeah, you know what do we all think Stephen Adams lacks? We're all like, you know what? He needs to step away from the bucket. That that's where Stephen Adams. We're going to spend our season away. developing that part of his game. Absolutely. And Dennis Schroeder, you work on your post game. Exactly. Ex- right. See, Andre Roberson. You know what? You need to work on Roberson. that corner three. Let's take a few more of those when you get back, buddy. By the way, I did appreciate uh, your mispronouncing of uh, Ellinger's name in your. Uh, did you like that? That was a nice touch, piece. wasn't it? The very now that was, that was planned, right? Yeah, this is very okay. That's that Seabert was Seibert of you. Perfect. I thought it would that be on was, brand. That was as good as anything else in the whole thing. That was perfect both times. It's been enjoyable. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to come up. I got to be honest. I think the airport was the best one yet. Well, yeah, horns I think so, for peace horns was more for elaborate. Peace wasn't the three keys? It's like you got a. It's like it's you got a separate a, thing. It's like you got a Hollywood budget, and you just you know it just didn't all come together. It's like you were better working on independent films, and you just oh man, you got to learn how to really you know make good on that Hollywood budget. I don't need a so, Hollywood budget. He's saying you went from Kevin Smith doing Clerks, and then you went, you know, into like what was it? His terrible one with uh, Jersey Girl. Oh, Jersey like, Girl, yeah, I, Jersey Girl. That I like Jersey Girl. <laughs> you would. It was a father daughter story. It was cute. I'm sitting here with my daughter, and I still think that movie's stupid. <laughs> it's because I don't have a daughter. I don't know what that world is like. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not like that. I don't think. I mean, lately he's getting. I mean, close Jennifer to Lopez age. died. I mean, don't you J-Lo? have a heart? Yeah, giving birth. Really, from that point on, career, you could pretty much say just, yeah, it died with. Can you Jersey tell Girl. I've seen that movie recently? I know way <laughs> too many details. I, I yeah, I'm kind of like, wow, this is this is for real because I was like, I you're jogging my Gertie. Memory. Gertie is what the that. little girl's name was. Eye opening. Who's who's the other? Is it Liv Tyler? George, is George Carlin, yes, Liv Tyler, Liv, Liv Tyler. Okay, Liv Tyler was pretty hot there for a while. Is she still? It was. It always screwed me up from the time she did Amazing with her dad. Yes, she was like that was weird. And she was stripping. She was a stripper in his video. Yes. Oh, he definitely Super wants to have weird. sex with her. I don't think there's anything <laughs> any doubt. Well, about I mean, that. she yeah, looks a done. lot like him, so I guess you know you love yourself. Just based off of her Wikipedia page, it looks like. Father Time has won that one. She's getting a little clown facey. A little bit, yeah. She's not she's not where she used to be. Alicia Silverstone has aged more gracefully, I think. It's all the vegan. Is that what it is? Oh, she's total she's hardcore she, vegan. She's crazy vegan. Like yeah. not even like, oh, I just don't eat meat. Like it's you know, like have you guys ever seen uh um, oh what's the damn movie? Uh uh Scott Pilgrim against versus the world? Yes, I, I yes. feel like I have seen it, but I haven't seen like uh, I haven't I've seen all of it. I've seen it where many they break times. down like the levels of vegan, like wh- like in this one guy's like he doesn't even eat like eggs or like anything that comes from a chicken. Yeah, that's intense. It's kind of like in Silicon Valley when uh, um, what was the character's name of uh, 
TJ, what's his name? Oh, Miller? Uh, uh, Ehrlich Bachman. Ehrlich Bachman. Oh. So Ehrlich Bachman goes to, uh, he goes to this this big dinner, like a venture capital dinner, venture capitalist dinner, and it's all these people that are they either have to pit, pick pick uh, vegetarian or beef, and uh, he walks in and he says, "I'm a pesca pescatarian." Which a pescatarian just eats food, just eats fish. A pesca, no one knew it. I think he made it up. He's, but a pesca pescatarian only ate fish that eat other fish. <laughs> <laughs> like he would not eat a fish that that was like a horbifor or whatever. It's ridiculous. And then everyone wanted a, a pesca pescatarian meal. <laughs> that's Hollywood. <sighs> so anyway, that's all I got. I think I'm out. We're good. If Layla, it was fun having you today. Layla, talk to him. She's just like Laney. As soon as she sees the mic, all of a sudden she goes quiet. Yeah, she literally just sat down on the ground. She's like, "I'm not doing that." I bet we could get Laney to almost be a guest these days. She's got to be yeah. a lot more talkative into a mic. She she's getting there, like because she like she's getting to that age where she likes to put on shows and that kind of stuff. Oh, so nice, you know, mommy, daddy, watch me, you know, dance or whatever it is. So. Uh, we're working Everybody's on our first really dance super critical and it's like, ah, that wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of part. That's the thing. Like if she ever plays sports, it's going to be really hard to separate myself because I know all the crazy parents. So I'm like, mm, I don't like, honey, that's really good. But you finished 10th out of 12. Like it, that's good. But maybe let's improve it a little we, bit. So you're going to be like James Harrison. We don't, we don't accept uh, participation trophies in this house. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 there'll be no participation trophies in this house. We're not, we're not doing that. Are there even, like the, are there even good, like just normal, like not crazy athletic parents anymore? No, I don't think so. Like my parents would take us to stuff, but they never really said anything. I mean, and now most of the parents I know are so selfish they won't take their kid, they won't get their kids into sports because they don't want to have to drag their asses everywhere. That's that's crazy. I mean, to be honest, that's up. I mean, that's just the way people are. People are selfish. Is that how, is that how people are these days? Yeah. I mean, all my but like I've got one buddy. He is the coach of his boys' so- uh, baseball team. He head coach of his girls' softball team. They've got two twin girls that are on that team. Um, he helps with soccer. He do, like, and he is like running these kids all over. Like, basically, they have a minivan to transport half the team all over God's creation. Like, they play. In that's his whole all life. These, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Outside he does of I mean, earning money, that's his exactly. Whole life. Outside of having a full time job, he he also does that. So it's intense. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. But about it's all because, that. and I, I think it, I think the sports are just. It's not that parents are selfish. I think it's just that there's so much crap now. It's like if you're a football player. Not only do you have the football season, but you got seven, seven on seven. On seven you got camps. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like it's a full time, like you said, it's a full time job being a parent of a of an athlete. Anymore. No doubt. Yep. Like yep. when I was oh. a kid, you'd play football. You had football season. You had basketball season or wrestling. There are no seasons anymore. And you had baseball season. Yeah. It's all blurred yep. together. And well, I mean, yeah, it's the that, same way. The specialization and all that shit that it's goes horrible on, on parents. Oh, it's awful. So yeah, I'm terrible on kids. I am not calling you a selfish asshole if you just don't want your kids to get into sports. I take that back. Uh oh, we've had a fall. Oh no. All right. All right, Josh. Josh, We'll let you take care of it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Layla. I hope she gets better soon. Um, And 
There's hurt no permanent, or injured. permanent That's, damage. You have to ask. Are you hurt or are you injured? <laughs> you have to ask your toddler. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, go comment, subscribe. Uh, we didn't get to that, but we'll get to that soon. Uh, a lot of uh, support for Eddie, and not a lot of support for Diamond Dave. Uh, that's a little bit of a hot-button issue uh, on the uh, reviews right now. There's winners and there's losers. You figure it out. That was one of the reviews. Eddie is big. Diamond Dave is small. I appreciate it. All right, that'll do it. We'll see you guys next time right back here on the Choctaw Casino and Resort from Durant, unofficial 40.